What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua Stein from the J. Stein Law Firm in Atlanta, Georgia, and welcome to the next episode of Sports and Torts, where each week we sit down with our friends, peers, and colleagues and talk about sports, law, and business. A few housekeeping items to get to before we begin the episode. First off, thank you all so much for the fantastic feedback from last week's episode with Brian Scott. I knew you all would love it. If you have not had the chance to listen to him yet, please go back and do so. There's something that everybody can take away from his story and his motivation and just his outlook on life. Second, I want to apologize up front for some technical difficulties that the episode you're about to listen to will have. The guests that I have sound absolutely perfect and great, but my voice is not going to sound as good as you're accustomed to hearing it. Uh, We had to move where we were recording the video, recording the podcast, And frankly, I messed up with one of the inputs for the audio. As they say, two is one and one is zero, and I did not have the proper backups. So I just want to apologize up front. But please don't let that distract you from the great information that our guests have and the great stuff that they share with you guys. You'll be able to make out what I'm asking, and you'll definitely be able to tell what they're saying. We have a first on Sports and Torts. It is a mother and son combination. My friend Deirdre Williams and her son Dylan. Deirdre is a lawyer at Foy and Associates here in Atlanta, Georgia, and she's somebody who I've known for a very, very long time. Her son Dylan is now a senior at Sequoia High School, and he has just accepted a scholarship to go play soccer at Georgia State University here in Atlanta, Georgia, where he will be in the honors program. So we're going to hear all about Dylan's story and Deirdre's story and what it takes to become a collegiate athlete. Dylan, Deirdre, welcome. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having us. Dylan, I haven't seen you in years and years, man. I don't know when you got so tall. Yeah. Um, this is what happens. Yeah. Right? Well, 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 Deirdre, um, like I said, we've known each other for, for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, I think you were maybe my very first work friend. <laughs> Probably, you were a 3L. You had not graduated yet when I first met you, and Dylan was seven months old, and we had just moved back from Maryland when I met you. So yeah, it is. It's been yeah almost twenty years now. Yeah, when I started working at Progressive House in the three L, and then I came back after I graduated, and I think our offices were right next to each other, yeah. two doors down. Um, you were always nice from day one. I appreciate that. There was no hazing of the new kid. <laughs> Made me feel very welcome. We were still kind of young then, too. I think I had been practicing at that point for uh, about six years, seven years. So I, I had been practicing for a minute, but I was still young, too. So it was fun, and it was a, a really fun place to work with a lot of young people. And I feel like I learned a lot. Amen. I thought it was a, the environment was awesome. I mean, you, Jeff, Tara, Mike, Melissa, Nancy, I mean, the work, they get one on one. And, and, I know we all still keep in touch with us. Everybody still keeps in touch. Me and Melissa are still best friends. Like, and you know, you meet people for a reason, a season, and she was both for me. So, um, yeah. And I remember when I when I applied for the job, it was a defense job, and Jeff got my resume, and he gave it to Melissa, and she called me about a subrogation job. And I was like, what is subrogation? <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. And I had to look it up before I came on the interview. Like, yes, I'd love to do that. <laughs> yeah. well, well, we, we laughed because you the only person progressive that made money for the company. We were all paying out. <laughs> yes, right. Money back. Exactly, right. I was in my I was in my lone little subrogation, learning how to do things on my own. Which, but I mean, the support system there and um, all the attorneys. Like, 
I would not take back that time for anything. Such a good foundation. Yeah. I, I appreciate that we've stayed in touch and we've yep. worked on stuff together and talking about cases. It's just awesome. And and Dylan, uh, as we've told you several times, that you were the first kid that, that I ever babysat. Yeah, I don't really remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we didn't mention you too bad. You're still smiling. We just brought some pictures that, that um, you were, what, one or two years old? Maybe? No, no. He Less, was not even a not, year. Not even a year old. Not even a year. Maybe like nine months, ten months. Well, I was thinking about that today that um, I think that maybe I should get credit for his soccer scholarship uh-huh. and yeah. all his success uh-huh. because if I'm thinking back to that day, knowing I had no idea what to do with baby. <laughs> We are eternally grateful to you and Dana. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll, do, we'll start with you. Um, okay. Tell us a little about you know, where you grew up, about your family, uh, you know, what you're doing now. Just a little introduction. All right. So I am originally from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I went to undergrad at North Carolina State. And then, yes, I flipped it and went to Carolina for law school. <laughs> um, I got into a lot of different law schools, but for the money and for the reputation, it was Carolina. So... Um, definitely got a lot of haze in there. Um, I moved to Atlanta right after finishing law school. We actually, we were talking about this. My, my roommate from Carolina works at FOI with me at my law firm now. And we were talking about how we studied for the bar. Well, back then, <laughs> you didn't have the technology that you have today. So they would tape it one day on a VHS tape and then send it to us. And we would watch it at the law schools, like 10 of us taking the Georgia bar. And, we, and we'd send it back every day. That's like how we learned how to study for the bar. No, we're not on video right now, but Dylan is looking at me and you're like, what's the VHS? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? A, you know those tapes that your old stuff used to be on? Those yeah, didn't tapes? we just, we had one at um, Mama and Papa's house, right? Yeah, that y'all were asking. What, yeah. Yeah, I was asking. So what that's how we studied for the bar was sitting these back and forth. It just tells you how old I am. And my first job, law internship I didn't have a computer we just had a word processor so that just puts you know 22 years I've been doing this um but okay so I went to Carolina for law school uh came to Georgia right after that took the bar in Georgia and uh started working I did PI work um worked for Ken Nugent for a couple years um then I had Dylan took some time off and then I went to work at Progressive and that's where I met you um, I did subrogation there for seven years, which led to another eight years at another firm doing subrogation. So I feel like the bulk of my legal career actually has been in subrogation, but I've always been on the plaintiff side. Right. So it's all all kind of come together full circle. I feel like I did a little defense at Progressive, not a lot, but a little. I did several there, did several at my other firm, and now I'm doing plaintiff's work. So I really feel like I've touched every side of personal injury. That's why I call you with questions, because you know it all. <laughs> and so now you're currently at at Foyne Associates, yes, and you're doing personal injury work there. Very yes. similar on doing car wrecks, truck wrecks, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, Dylan is your oldest son. Uh, Drew, you have another son, Drew, who is 13. Oh, didn't talk about my personal life, huh? Yeah, so I have a 12-year-old son, Drew. He'll be 13 May 11th. He's in seventh grade. And then I have Dylan, my oldest, who is a senior, getting ready to go to Georgia State. And then my husband is Derek Williams. So, um, and we met here in Atlanta. I met Derek probably not even a year after I'd been in Atlanta, I met Derek. Um, and then uh, we moved to Maryland and Dylan was actually born in Baltimore. Yep, go Ravens. 
Go Ravens. <laughs> Go Ravens, man. Yeah. All right, Dylan, let's hear about you. <laughs> okay. We know you're in high school. We know you're going to Georgia State. Tell us what we don't know already about Dylan Williams. All right, so um, I'm from Canton, Georgia. I guess I have to say that since I have probably spent most of my life there. But I was born in Baltimore, and I love to tell people that. And, uh, yeah, I love playing soccer, and I'm into, like, clothes, shoes, anything of that sort. So the shoes thing, man. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Because the picture of you dressed up for senior prom. Oh, for prom? Yeah. Fire. Yeah. I mean, tell me where you found those shoes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put a picture of that up with it. Have you heard of K and G? It's um near what mall? Town Center. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my mom just went there. I think Thursday before prom, and we just found those shoes. She was like, "You should definitely wear these." She's she was right. like, "Would you actually wear these?" I was like, "Yeah, I think I would," because like the rest of my seat was just pretty like plain. It was just black, so. Got a lot of compliments on the shoes. Yeah, you had to, you had to dress up a little bit. Well, I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you're a, uh, when you become a soccer star, you can look back and say, this is like your first interview, right? You yeah. Have you ever done this before? Ever talked to a microphone and answer questions? No, never done this before. So this is a good foundation when you're on Sports Center in a couple years. <laughs> yeah. uh, do any of your friends give you any pointers or tips or anything you should say today? Not really. I didn't <laughs> tell too many people. I kind of wanted to keep it on the down low. But yeah, I'll definitely tell people afterwards because I feel fine now. Well, we're, we're really proud of you. A lot of what I want to talk about today is like the journey, both as son and as as parent, going from a little tight playing, you know, peewee soccer, all the sports you, you played, and then progressing through high school, realizing you play at the next level, and ultimately getting a scholarship to play at Georgia State and playing college. I think it's awesome. I think that the state that I'm, the life, the stage of life that I'm in. A lot of my peers have kids that are going through that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what better to hear from like the two of y'all about what your experiences were. Um, and we can go a lot of different directions on this. So we'll just, we'll, we'll just have a good time. Um, Jerry, let's, let's talk a little bit of work stuff first. You know, this is called sports and torque. So we'll do the torque stuff first with, with, with your legal uh, stuff. So you're at John Foy. I think a lot of people have heard of John Foy, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, the strong arm is what, uh, what what the firm slogan is. Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's, it's a big firm and, you know, it's, it's not a good fit for everyone because I think we have like 50 attorneys now. But, um, it, it does have its benefits. I, I, I like definitely, you know, when you're solo, you call me and Jeff and other people around. Well, at my office, we have roundtables every week. So we're bouncing ideas off each other, you know, and just different things that, that you come across. You're not kind of on your own island, but you still get a lot of autonomy. Everybody has their own little legal team. Um, and it just works for me, you know, as a mom and with two kids and, and traveling and doing everything. I don't want the hassle of marketing and rainmaking and, you know, um, great for, you know, everyone who does. And, you know, I'm super proud of all my friends who've opened up their own firms. Super proud. But for me, um, you know, it's just easier. You know, I have my clients. I work the files. I settle them and I'm done. I don't have to worry about anything else. So you can focus 100% of your attention on doing the legal work. Mm-hmm. Right? focus on the clients and and still have time for my life. So the resources that the firm provides for y'all, is it paralegals to, to do certain functions? It's administrative work? We we have it broke down to a science. We've got, you know, people who order our medical records for us. Our legal systems don't even have to do that. Then we've got another department that checks like balances on medical bills, like just from providers and stuff. Um, Then your legal assistants, of course, are assisting you one-on-one. But we've got so many different like people that are doing different things 
um, broken down to where it takes a lot off your plate where you are. We have a lot of files, a lot of files, um, but you're able to handle a lot of files because you got so many different people helping you. Such a well-oiled machine, right? It's yeah, we got a process and they got a down pat. Now I imagine intake is a big part of what, um, what Yeah. Yeah, we have a big intake department, but, you know, that's just like, it's the differences between that and, like, what you do as a solo, you know, you're picking up the phone, talking to the client. They're just signing them up. But just because they sign them up doesn't mean we're going to keep them. I still have to go through the same thing that you go through, call them, see what's going on, see, you know, if it's a case that we'll take. Because we don't take all cases, um, but we probably take more because we can. We can take the little ones that some of the bigger firms or solos don't want to take um, because if you settle 10 of them, it adds up. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and so the marketing component, I know that we've talked before, how huh? you've been on commercials, right? I mean, you've had I've a been on a couple, yeah. I've not spoke on any of them, but every, and I never see them. That's the funny thing. People will always say, like at baseball games or whatever, oh, I saw you on TV. I never see them. I don't know what channel I got to watch or if I'm just working during the day when they come on. I don't know. But I, I've done probably three or four commercials with him. Um, but see, no speaking roles. See, now, if John Foy is looking for advice and he wants to call me, I'd have you speak to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have you have a Don't you agree, John? Yeah. She's a character. <laughs> <laughs> no, they say I always come office ready because I'm always dressed. Yeah, you are so dressed up nice. The first time I got asked to be in a commercial, I wasn't. I didn't even know it. I just came to work regular, but I look nice. So that's a good way of putting it. Always come office ready. You are yeah. always ready. Yeah. And your mood is always at a 10. Yeah, I'm always Tell ready. Is she always like this? Yeah. That's <laughs> always awesome. on 10. That, that, that's, that's a lot of good things to learn from, right? I mean, your mom is always smiling. She's always positive. But I see. <laughs> Dylan's like, uh, Very energetic. Very, well, energetic is a good word. And, and really, like, in business and in life, like, that's a, that's a big part of it. You know, that, that's a big part of being successful is just having the right kind of disposition. Yeah, have a good attitude. Yeah. So have you learned from your mom? Um, I know you work from home a little bit, right? Have mm -hmm. flexibility. So have you have you watched your mom kind of do some of this legal stuff? Have any interest in the law? Um, not really, honestly. But I kind of want to be a doctor, and she's kind of pushing me towards that. She says that she's been through law, and she would recommend maybe <laughs> going to medicine. <laughs> I've been telling people it's my joke. I said, Dylan keeps threatening to go to law school. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps threatening, which it'll be fine, but he's a um he's been saying he wanted to be a doctor for a while and and, and he doubts himself sometimes. And I'm just like, dude, if that's what you want to be, if I can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor. Well, I will tell you that college athletics I have seen as a great kind of um, starting point for going into medicine. One of my very good friends, he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, he ran track in Georgia. He's a surgeon, a group of surgeons. He talks about his two best friends in medical school. One played tennis at, I don't remember the school he played tennis at, and the other one played football at Georgia. Okay. Um, it just, it teaches you discipline. It teaches you time management. Um, and I think that it really prepares you for the, for the rigor of medical school. So I think it's a great idea. Lord, watching your mom probably teach you a lot of time management too. Yes. Right? I mean, yeah. Talk about being a working mom, yeah. raising two kids that are very active in school and, and with sports. Like, how, how do you do it all? I mean, well, Derek and I, we're a good team. We're one for one. And I think that helps. You know, when you put three or four kids in the mix, I don't know how people do it. <laughs> but we only got two, so we got one on one. But yeah, flexibility has been a big part of it. Um, you know, especially like baseball with turn with with tournaments starting on a Friday. Like sometimes we even had one start on a Thursday. Um, every from the time Dylan was eleven 
to about 16, we were in Florida, Disney, every, for New Year's or Thanksgiving, every year. So we didn't get to be with family. We were always like traveling. And that was when those showcases were. So we had to be down there. So it was, it was a lot of sacrifices on our part, you know, missing a lot. Dylan missed a lot of stuff, missed a lot of family. It was sacrifices on his part too, to get here. Family events, birthdays, going home to North Carolina, see my parents. He, he couldn't go to a lot of that stuff. Because you had tournaments, you had games, you had yeah. uh, practices, you had training, all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's a full-time commitment for, for everybody. Yeah, I feel like at one point we were going to Florida maybe every other weekend because they had added like six Florida teams into our conference for soccer. So, yeah, it was always so a lot is, of travel. Is that so you can go find the best competition and games to play? Yeah. Well, that their conference, like their, their regional, encompasses other states. And so we play school, um, teams from Tennessee – Alabama and South Carolina and South Carolina but Florida was in there too so we were traveling to Florida for like one game yeah going to Sunday that's a long drive yes I hope you win that one yeah <laughs> and it was horrible when they didn't win that game and we had drove down there up, <laughs> yeah, yeah got a hotel room like it was we were they pulled Florida out of our conference thank God because they had so many teams down in Florida so we didn't have to but if they that was that was a rough year so you're, are you 18? Yeah. 18? All right. And you've been playing soccer for as long as you can remember? Yes. Was it your first love, only love? Um, It was my first love, but I don't know if it was my only one because I really liked basketball for a little bit too, and I played football. But I just stuck with soccer, and I really ended up loving it. At what age were you when you started focusing just on one sport? I think sixth or seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's that's right. I mean, give yourself some time to try football, try basketball, see other things, and, and then when you get about that age, you realize like, hey, I've got a chance of being really successful. That's not what happened with you. Yeah. And exactly. I, I would always follow you know follow you on social media and talk to your mom. You did some cool stuff with soccer. I mean, yeah. You went on some, went on some cool teams, went some cool places, right? Made some really really high end all star teams. Yeah, I got to go to Spain. Talk about that. So um, got this email one day from this company, Generation Adidas. And I showed my mom and she was like, oh no, this is a scam, this isn't real. <laughs> but two of my teammates on my team at the time also got this email and it was for this all-star team of like players all across America who play on club teams that are sponsored by Adidas. And we had been invited to go to Madrid, Spain to spend a week at the Real Madrid Academy. And it was definitely one of the best experiences ever involving soccer. That's amazing. So Real Madrid is one of like the iconic yeah. you know, soccer brands too. I know you're a big Euro. Uh, yeah, Premier League. Um, so you, you are playing on teams and you get noticed by like a scout or noticed by this group? Or what do you, how, how does that happen? I think our club director just um, nominated players and I was one of them that he nominated and I ended up like making the team awesome. being picked. So what's the conversation like between you and mom and dad? Oh, uh, my dad, he believe me as soon as I showed him but my mom was like uh, yeah she was very doubtful she just thought it was like another scam because I feel like there's a lot of those out there just trying to get people to like go to Europe but pay like a bunch of money to do it yeah so this one was legit because it was through his through his club and his club team nominated him but then he had to get picked by Adidas to come and the only thing we had to pay for was his flight there but they did they pay for housing oh my god he got 
what cleats, yeah. uniforms, all kind of swag. I mean, a lot of Adidas stuff. They gave you pay for all the gear. Yeah. Food. Yeah. I see you wearing some Nike shoes right now. Yeah, I'm wearing Nike. I actually do like Nike more yeah, than Adidas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Deirdre, did you and Derek go over there? No, we did not. I did not. Um, I had just come back from Spain. Um, I had went to Spain with my sister to visit my nephew who was doing a internship over there. And so I had like literally 10 days and then this came up. So Drew, Dylan went with the other two families. Um, so yeah, I sent my baby to Spain by himself. And how old? 15? Were you 14? Yeah, I think 15. 15? Yeah. yeah. And so was it one of these things where you were training with uh, obviously other, other kids your age that had been picked across the country against like international teams? Yeah, I was actually one of the youngest players there because a lot of the kids were um, juniors and seniors, but I was just a sophomore at the time. But yeah, we trained, and then at the end of the week, we played in this tournament against some of the teams in Spain. And it was um, pretty hard, but it was good seeing like that level of play. So when you when you left that week, did you feel even that much more motivated to apply yourself and, and you know, try to get the highest level you could? Yeah, because those kids I played with that week are some of the best players I've ever played with. Like They're playing at some really good schools right now. Where are the kids playing? That was the coolest thing. These kids that he went to his camp with, they're all playing college. Like, where are they playing now? Yeah, there's a kid who's playing at Louisville right now. One is at SMU. Another one's at Kentucky. So they're at some, like, big so soccer schools. that's network that you're going to be intertwined with forever. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that, that's really cool. So you were a sophomore in high school at the time. Yes. Um, you played at Sequoia all four years. Mm -hmm. You are a starter all four years. Yeah. Pretty awesome. How many people can do that? Yeah. Um, and then I saw that you uh, were a scholar athlete as well. Yes, um, I'm not even sure how you not or how you get picked to be a scholar athlete. I think you just have to maintain a certain GPA, but not everybody gets some. I think it's like a 3.7 across three years of school and playing like a varsity sport. Pretty proud of this kid, huh, D? Well, you see his shirt he has on. So he's in the Honors College at GSU, too. Yes, so yes. we'll be doing that along with soccer. So, so this is why I think that you should be on commercial. <laughs> because you have the perfect transition to the Here I am trying to build up to this honors, and you're just like right there. I love it. I love it. So, so academics has always been very important to your family. We, you, you told me that forever. Um, soccer, yes. sports. Awesome, yes. but you cannot ignore books. Is that what your parents instilled in you? Yeah, my parents have always said that academics come first, really, and then like soccer second. So I've always had to focus on that overall. And that has played out in helping get scholarship opportunities, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, one of the first things that all the college coaches would ask, and he talked to a lot. GPA, they wanted his transcript, they wanted his GPA. And his soccer coach would always say, I mean, because his, his soccer coach was just phenomenal in this whole process. No, 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 this is club coach over at NASA. He is phenomenal. And he, Dylan was lucky enough to have him for four or five years? Five years. Five yeah. years. That's like unheard of. Like Dylan was so lucky. But he said Dylan was so easy because he had the GPA. Because a lot of times, you know, you have the kids that are really talented in soccer, but they got a low GPA. In soccer, I don't know about the rest of the sports, but you don't get big act you know, athletic money. You get it from your academics and you got to be able to get into these schools too. And they don't, I haven't heard of any like shortcuts for athletes. Like they want you to be able to stand on your own, get into these schools and be successful. So I need some advice from you then. Um, my kids both are active in sports. Their, their practice schedule is very hectic, right? I and mean, Isabella gets home from school at 4.30, mm -hmm. eats a snack, 
and she's out for practice, and then she's going home for like 8.30, she had dinner, and then it's like 9, 9.30 by that time, and, and now you got to focus on, on school. school yeah. The last thing you want to do at that time of night is like, now I got homework. So yeah. I'm going to ask both of y'all this question. You, how do you instill in your kids the importance of maintaining that balance and focusing on school? And then to you, Dylan, like, what was your motivation to put in the extra effort to get the good grades? So I'll let you go first. I think it depends on the child. Dylan has always been self-motivated. Dylan didn't need any, Dylan didn't need me to push him academically. He was going to push himself. And he didn't need the extra stress of me telling him to do this, do that, because he put enough stress on himself. My 12-year-old is different. He doesn't put that much stress on himself. So I have to walk him, I have to kind of lead him to that. But we just, you know, we got, we're on schedules, man. We, you know, I, I was meal prepping for a while and that was working out, but then that even got crazy on me. But um, it's just making sure, you know, that they know that that's their priority. And sometimes we've had to miss a practice. If we got a, t a big test coming up, we don't go to practice that night. You know, you coaches have to understand, um, you know, school, it, school is first, um, you know, because that, the academics is what got Dylan really halfway there. Soccer, I mean, of course you got to be a good soccer player, but the academics part really helped him a lot. I know it did. Yeah, and I just like getting good grades, honestly. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Like when I was younger, I used to put a lot of pressure on myself to get good grades, but as I've gotten older, I've like become more chill and it's just like not that hard. You just got to study every once in a while, do your homework, and it, everything will fall into place. So you had the own wherewithal because you wanted to just be successful yourself. Yeah. Says, I'm going to do this. You know, it's funny, like my kids are different too. Isabella's the same way. Maybe it's an older versus younger. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe Might be it what is. it is. Isabella's the same way. She, she just wants to do well and just pressure herself to do well. It doesn't take much to, mm -mm. You know, to do it. Graham, on the other hand, you kind of got to hold his hand and sit with them. <laughs> yep. You know, and, and then he's plenty smart, but he just requires a little more Definitely. Of that push. Um, but I think it's so important for the older one to show the good examples. Because, hey, Drew's watching you. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. so try. Drew's watching you, and so you, you set a great example for him. Um, your shirt, Georgia State University Honors College. Honors College, yeah. Right? So, I mean, everything that you're telling, you're saying, you have GPA to get scholar athlete, making the Honors College, wanting to become a doctor, like, you know. Do that to you, man. I'm gonna take credit for that. Also. <laughs> from, that from that birthday, I probably read you like a Latin book. Yeah, yeah that's probably it. <laughs> probably uh, <laughs> uh, talk about like your growth, not physically, but just mentally, from like a freshman in, in high school to like where you are now. Like, is that a, is that a, a pretty big kind of jump over those four years? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, when I was first a freshman, I was kind of like oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to like get good grades all four years, but really each year is just not that bad. Like once you get in the groove of things, it's like not hard at all. And it kind of just goes really quickly, honestly. And then at what point in time were you seriously thinking, hey, I can play you know, soccer in college? That was probably in eighth or ninth grade when I first started playing on my team, I play on now. And I started going to like the college showcases and there coaches coming to my games it's like oh there's actually people here watching me I should really like start looking into that and, and mom how about you like how does that process start start going because most of my peers are not quite there yet right sixth seventh eighth grade so what, what is that transition when you're going from you know kind of more of the recreational this is fun to hey now we've got college coaches and scouts that are saying hey my, my son has a chance of playing <laughs> 
well, D- Dylan tells a very mean story yeah. about <laughs> when he was in sixth or seventh grade and he was playing and it was it, there was an age change in soccer and, and people who have kids Dylan's age they'll they'll understand this. They went from a school calendar birthday to a um, year like birth year birth year. So Dylan's a twenty is a two thousand and three, and so. He was he was older before because he was a September birthday, and so he was older than everybody else. When they switched it to the age, he became at the end of the year. And so he was smaller. He was intimidated. He wasn't playing with the same confidence when they made that. And I was just on him that whole year. And I, t- I was like, Dylan, what did I say to you? It was mean. I said, Dylan, you're, you're not going to play in college or something yeah. like that. You're, if you yeah. keep playing like this. And he, he said it lit a fire and he wanted to show me, he wanted to prove me wrong. And so Dylan is the type of kid, he, he, if you give him adversity, he's going to try to get, he's going to show you. And, you know, so I can't say I was always a believer cause I wasn't. Um, but when he got to like ninth grade and the, and they really, and they started looking at him and he was playing and he was doing better. 10th grade. I was like, okay. And then by 11th grade, he had some really good schools talking to him. And I was like, okay, this was probably, you know, he had done what he needed to do in school. Um, the pen coach actually convinced him to take the SAT because I couldn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he did not want to take the SAT. But when that college coach told him, we need your SAT scores, oh, guess who signed up to take the SAT? Totally. Yeah. And so is that right? So, so, so mom, mom kind of. Put it in you, like, I'm going to prove her wrong. I'm going yeah. to prove her wrong. I'm going to prove her right that I can do this. Yeah, you, you always just have to believe in yourself, like, even when other people. Like, my mom's always believed in me, but, like, when she had doubts, you can't really, like, doubt yourself. You just got to keep going. Isn't it also isn't mental confidence? Isn't that just so much of it? Yeah, it is. It's believing in yourself. It's, it's not getting down. It's, it's, it's believing in yourself. I think that's really what it boils down to. That's what I try to tell my brother now, honestly, because he's kind of having a rougher year this year with um he's a baseball player yeah right? baseball player um and, and baseball more than any other sport i won't say more, but very much so very much to that it's you and that pitcher yep. and yeah. you don't believe in yourself because i'm fast so keep telling him that that's why i tell Graham too just have fun believe in yourself yeah um so in terms of the, the recruiting process you mentioned Penn. i know that was i remember y'all went up to philadelphia mm-hmm. um it was like what two degrees negative oh yeah it was snow in the, the whole ground. time yeah <laughs> So what what all what all schools did you look at and kind of how did that process go? So I was also talking to Davidson and Wofford at that time, and then Georgia Southern and Georgia State, and I had been talking to Cornell a little bit also, but it wasn't like that far in the process. Pretty impressive list of schools. And was it in a military school too? Oh yeah, Air Force, but I didn't want to go to the Air <laughs> yeah, Force. So yeah, I, one I, conversation, and I was sold. You were sold. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. man. They offer. It was a good package they offered. Well, it's not the, even. It's just like it's a full ride automatically. So but three hundred thousand dollars education. You just have to serve. But you have to serve. That was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so um, either way, I mentioned this. Like when when you when you're talking to these coaches in the recruiting process, like what are some things they tell you that are effective in terms of like, hey, that's what I want to go. What are some things that you hear? You're like, eh, that's not really the right thing for, for a coach to say. Honestly, it's just some like talking to me one-on-one about like what their plans would be for me just not talk to me as like just another generic player because that's something that was really important like I don't really want a red shirt freshman year I want to be able to play get like meaningful minutes and I felt like I'd have a decent chance of that at Georgia State and how about you mom what would they say to you that got you say yeah this is like my baby boy could be at I like I like when they built a relationship because they had a Dylan has I mean even with the Georgia State coach now he'll text Dylan um, a lot of coaches you know 
the Merry Christmas, um, you know, just building a relationship with Dylan. Cause I feel like wherever he goes, I need another, I mean, he's an adult now, but I want somebody who cares about him and who's interested in his well being and his success. And so for me, it was about the coaches who seemed like they were more interested in getting to know Dylan and, and him personally, more so than soccer, at least for me. Yeah, because you you got to think about they're, they're molding you as a man too, right? Yeah. Exactly. As a soccer player and preparing you for whatever comes after. Exactly. Soccer. Exactly. Um, I mean, professional soccer is it looks like what it's going to Europe, it's playing MLS. Like, what what will be a professional soccer career? I, I truly don't know much about soccer. Well, usually in the United States, if you're playing in college. It looked like going to either the USO, which is like the second tier, or the MLS, which is like you could get drafted or you could just get signed. And that would be like the highest level in the US. And then there have been some players who've gone from college to MLS and they've made the jump to the Premier League or other leagues in um, Europe. So I, and I guess the point being is that it's probably a small percentage of players that do that. Yeah, right? so very you small. you can't put all your eggs in that picture mm-hmm. basket, you've got to go to a place that's going to produce you as like medical school or yeah yeah for sure you know i would love for dylan if, if he were to get an opportunity to play on any level above college i would say do it and then go to med you can always go back to medical school you know so if he gets the opportunity to do that i i would you know 20 years ago if you'd asked me i'd be like no gotta go to school but you know life is short and you're not you know you're young he's young he's healthy so if he gets an opportunity to do that great but um you know, we're going to have the that uh, degree to fall back on in, in grad school. Are there other kids in your incoming uh, freshman class who you know? Yes. Um, actually, I played with two of them on my club team, so I'm pretty cool with them. And then everybody from the class is from Georgia, except for three transfers. So I think I'm going to have a pretty decent relationship with everybody. Did that play a role in your decision? Uh, not really, because there was only one person committed in the class when I committed. You were, the, you were the leader, huh? Yeah, one you of them. the first domino to fall. And, and Deirdre, you must be thrilled that he's going to be right here in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It, it, Dylan, Dylan had two criteria above uh, everything else from what I could hear. D1 in the city. So it, it needed, he didn't want to be at like a Carolina, where a campus or a UGA where there's a big campus. He wanted to be in a city somewhere. And he wanted to play D1 soccer. And, you know, Georgia State checked the boxes, um, you know, and it was not a – once they made the offer to him, it was – he knew, you know, it wasn't a long time. Like, Penn had made him an offer a long time ago, and we were kind of sitting on that because um, it's yeah, so I far kinda away. Thought, I kind of thought that might have been where you ended up yeah, at. Yeah, I did too for a little bit. Because they offered him first. Yeah. So they did offer him first. But they did also tell him – like, they had some changes, and I think um, – that's why I say people like, well, how did he how did he decide on this on Georgia State or whatever? Dylan made a comment to me the other day. The school kind of picks you, and because if you if if a kid gets their mind dead set on one school, what if that school doesn't need your position that year? So, and what happened with Penn? They like somebody got hurt, right? Yeah, there were some injuries, so I guess there are players moving around. And they didn't know if I would still like be needing the position they were initially recruiting me in. But isn't that the importance of kind of wait, waiting and yeah. seeing your options and not just jumping the Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and that's what we kept telling him. Derek kept telling him, like, dude, just, you know, take your time. You know, you got plenty of time. And with soccer, too, like, he just had a friend. Like, somebody just committed last week, right? Yeah, I've had a few people just commit. Yeah, and, you know, school's almost over, and they're still committing. Soccer's later, um, especially for boys. So, yeah, take your time and, you know, wait all your options because something – 
you know, something else may come along. So you'll be able to go to almost all these games. You I'll can, be right? all, all home games. Yeah, all the home right. games. Yeah. Like that, that, that's, that's incredible. I mean, one of my very good friends, or not, he went to Louisville and played, um, played football in Louisville. His okay. parents, every Friday night or Saturday morning, would pack up and drive the six, eight hour. And they, would, and they were happy, happy to do it, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, but that's a luxury you have that yeah. is going to be right there. Um, now you'll live on campus. Yeah, I will. But be able to come home and mom your laundry, maybe. Yeah, I've uh, actually talked about that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, now let's turn it back about 10, 10, 10 12 years or so. Um, you know, so many kids at six, seven, eight, nine years old, they put so much pressure on themselves. The parents put pressure on themselves. Like it's the end all be all. Like the baseball game, the soccer game. It's like. You know, gotta do so good, gotta just gotta do that. Like, how, how, what's the perspective that you have now looking back about, you know, hey, when you're nine years old, 10 years old, like, just have some fun with yeah. it. Make sure you stay interested in it. Yeah, it's just like, keep the lowest amount of pressure you can for like the longest amount of time as possible because, like, once you know it, you're gonna be in like the thick of it and everything's gonna be super serious. So just try to like keep everything relaxed and just have fun with it. I love that. Keep it as low as you can as long as you <laughs> That's yeah, smart. yeah, yeah. As long as you can. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, Dylan and we went through all of that when he was at that that age, and um, and I think it like baseball is probably the same way as soccer. But um, I remember at like ten, eleven, when all the kids middle school, middle school is when everything changes, in my opinion, for especially with boys. Um, but a lot of kids start jumping, going to different clubs, and parents are driving kids like an hour and a half away to go to, to be try out this team, try out that team. Dylan got on and he wanted to try out for a couple of teams. Dylan played for one club team his entire career. He's only played with NASA since he was seven. I don't think a lot of boys can say that now. I don't. I only think one other kid on his team, Sam, has been on NASA. Oh, he had the one year he was on Atlanta United. Oh yeah, he did. He, yeah. Other than that, it's been all been NASA. Yeah, it's you, always you been NASA. Do you think that consistency played a big role in your development? Yeah, I think because the coaches always knew me, so that helped out a lot. I've always been on the top teams. And you felt comfortable where you were. Yeah. And not every year having to kind of reinvent yourself. Well, he wanted to leave one year. He wanted to leave one year. And um, his coach, one of the directors, found out and kind of talked him out of it. But he wanted to go where it was one club that all the kids were going to. It was a hot club. That see, it's just just stay your course, man, and 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 play your game. And you don't have to go to different clubs or change up teams every year because you're not happy. Um, you know, just try to stay your course. And that's what we did. And 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 it, you know, it worked the, out. It worked out for him. He, we didn't have to go to you know some kids would play for three and four different clubs. I think the other takeaway is that, you know, at a young age, putting the pressure on yourself, you, you want to hold off on that as long as you can, right? Yeah. Because in high school, the pressure does start to mount. Yeah, it does. It. And people are looking at you because, you know, they're expecting a lot out of you. Yeah. Right? And so that becomes a, a burden that you have to carry. And so the longer you can hold off on having to carry that burden, <laughs> right? Yeah. Having a college coach at your game every single game, seeing them watch you, you don't want to make mistakes, it's like... You really um, enjoy not having that when you're younger. All right, now I'm gonna pick on the spot in a kind of a different way. Parents support of their kids. Yeah. Your mom and your dad are awesome, and they've always supported you. There's some parents, while their intentions are good, they can be a little rough on their kids. Yeah. Um, and I see that, and I'm always like, I don't know if that's really the right perspective. Like, like talk through what, from from a player standpoint, um, what works, you think? I think always being positive, because like. 
if you're a parent and you're telling your like child after a game all the things they messed up on, all their mistakes, it's like if you're a player, you know you've made mistakes, so you don't want to hear that coming from your parent because it's like I was the one who did it, I was playing, so you don't need to tell me what I was out there doing. So it's just staying positive all the time. No, no kidding, Dad. I, I, I know that I did that wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the drive home from sporting events is so important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause We've been some rough drives. <laughs> We've had some rough drives home. I told you we went to Florida. I don't know how many times. So you got a six-hour drive home. Yeah. You, got you got a lot to break down. Yeah. We tried to be very positive on the drive home. Um, yeah. Graham makes a mistake or Isabel makes a mistake. They know it. They don't need us to yeah. point it back out to them. Now, if there's a way to talk about a way to handle a situation a little bit different, a little better, we'll do that. But I try to stay away from any sort of like technical thing. Right. Like, oh, you swung and missed and you struck out. Well, I didn't, I know that dad, <laughs> like, I didn't want to strike out. Yeah. Now, if their attitude is crappy or their effort isn't good, then I will jump on them about that. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is something that is always in their control. And if I see that they're moping or crying, I've been crying, no, nothing gets me more going than the tears. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't say anymore, do you, on your team? No, no, not at all. Oh, they're still try- crying on Drew's team. They're still crying. If they strike out, they're still crying. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm just not okay with that. Because, because what happens is, and you've seen this, it becomes contagious with the other kids, mm-hmm. right? You have one kid that takes that attitude, next thing you know, the whole team's crying, and then you're screwed. Um, so that, that's kind of my approach. I don't know what's right, what's wrong, but that's kind of how we look at things. It sounds like that's what you would say to any parent listening to this, like, hey, this is the best approach with your kid on the tri Yeah. And always be supportive. I mean, if there's, you know, lessons that they need, we talk about this, yeah. lessons that they need, and, and don't go crazy over it and make them nuts, but give them the resources and the support they need to be successful, right? Yeah. And sometimes, too, what Dylan I found, he doesn't ever really want to talk about it after, right after a game, um, but if you let him take a nap, or like later on, he'll come in my room and then he'll want to talk about it. And then we can have a better conversation. But the ride home usually isn't the, the best time to do it. We, we try to wait. And then if he wants to talk about it, you know. But, again, I'm like you, attitude. And, and Dylan usually has he's, – he's older now, so we don't have those things. But we've had – he's had bad attitudes before. And I got that red card in that one game in high school. That you are yeah, – he got a red card and got thrown I, I out of the game. Had even talk to me. Yeah, we had to have – because it was all attitude. <laughs> it was, it's yeah. just – it's the high school referees. They really make me mad. Yeah. It's like – Yeah, there's a lot of bad referees in high school, and I – now, is that something you learned your lesson from and you, you're a better player as a result or a better person as a result? I definitely think so because, like, I had a few yellow cards and a red card last season, but I didn't even get a yellow card at all this season in high school. So I learned my lesson for sure. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to uh, talk one more little bit about your graduation um, pictures and your senior prom okay. pictures. Okay. <laughs> I see your mom and I see him on, on Facebook and I'm like, this dude has got style. <laughs> He right? Does he always like shoes and clothes? Yes. Drew, Dylan has been with suits on and fedoras, and he's just always been my little fashion. He, I spent a lot of money on Dylan. Dylan likes clothes, um, likes tennis shoes, um, name brand, God help us. Um, and then I got my other 12-year-old who could care less. Is that right? Yeah, it is. I, I do like <laughs> shoes. I already have some shoes in mind that I want for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> always looking for like my next pair of shoes. <laughs> That's something about you always just enjoyed being stylish and having all that all that stuff. Yeah. He likes the Yeezys. 
Yeah, I do. Mm. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention before before we switch to you get playing radio on some other on some, on some stuff is um you you do a good job of posting things on Facebook like some quotes that I take some things away from. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a few of them and then one that I that I remember you posting it said. Today, I will not stress over things I can't control. Yes. And actually, Derek, my husband, he, he, he used to say that to me all the time, and I ignored him. But, yeah, a lot of things, like, we get as parents and just on our jobs, everything, we get so upset about it, and there's nothing we can do about it, you know. And so I just, you know, life is too short, and these years are flying by. Dylan's a senior now. Drew's in seventh grade. Um you know, it, life is just too short. You know, I think the pandemic has showed everybody that life is short. Nothing is promised. And just don't sweat the little stuff, you know, and I and I don't. I do not worry about stuff I cannot control anymore. I spent a lot of my 20s doing that and 30s and in my 40s, I will not. You got the perspective now. Are you listening to this? Yeah. I tell him that all you the time. Yeah, you do. It's super, super important. Yeah, with school, she's always telling me not to stress over if I can't control it. Yeah, I mean, keep, keep the right attitude, smile, be positive. Um, there's a lot of things that are out of our control every day, yeah. right? And you can do nothing about. Mm -mm. If you let it bother you, then... It's wasted energy. It's wasted energy. Yeah. The other thing that, that, I, that I read that you, you put on there, I love this one. How I haven't heard this before, I don't know. Worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Yes. Isn't that correct? <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. It doesn't. What does it get you? You just you're sitting there. It's like you're you're wasting the presence, the present day and time on future something that may not ever happen. So why worry about something that may never happen? Why that let it ruin your today? That's my thing. She's putting a master's thesis class together. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, the older you get, the more you realize it. It's like as much as you hate getting older, getting older also brings his perspective. And I and I try to share that with Dylan, but he's gonna have to get his his own experiences and and go through things on his own. But yeah, I definitely have been reiterating to him because he gets upset about the, this year he's been good though last year school was hard junior year is hard junior year is hard yeah well i imagine the COVID years weren't pretty easy no they weren't right i mean how's that like as a high school kid where you're not stuck at home for a period of time and i mean did it affect your soccer games too did you take, take a pause on this yeah we did we didn't play soccer for a while and then when we went back it was kind of like all right kind of try to social distance don't like share pennies or anything like that <laughs> but honestly it didn't last for that long <laughs> I think your mom and your dad have done a great job of preparing you for this next step. You're a great kid from day one that has done your role too, right? I mean, you've got yeah. a lot to do with your success, obviously. You're the one that's done it. But uh, listen to some of these words that your mom and your dad give you. I mean, I learn from them all the time too, and, and it's really good stuff. Um, so is there anything else you want to talk about uh, in terms of like kind of your path to where you are now, moving to Georgia State soccer-wise or school-wise? Um... Yeah, I guess it was it was like a fun process. Like I find it kind of weird that I went on all these tours. Like one February break, me, my dad, and my brother went on this tour up the like Atlantic coast, going to schools in like South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, um, D.C. But I ended up going to school like forty five minutes away from our house. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Yeah. But it's like it's more important to just really enjoy the whole recruiting process and just like try to look at as many schools as you can because it doesn't really like matter in the long run. You're just gonna end up where you end up. Hundred percent agree. And I think that there actually is a point and reason to go into all those all yeah. those places because I said this before. I mean, like when you graduated law school, did you know what kind of law you wanted to do? No. Okay. And and you, you very well could have gotten into something like I don't like this. Check it off the list, right? Like you're you're whittling down what you want to do by mm-hmm. finding out what is it you don't. Like. Exactly. And so you went to those colleges, and that made your decision more crystal clear because I don't want to go there. I know I want to go to Georgia State. Yeah. Right. So there's a point to going. That's actually what made me want to go to a city campus because the school that I really liked initially was George Washington University. And I remember I always emailed them, trying to get them to respond to me, get them to recruit me, but it never really happened. But I still am thankful for like that tour because I really enjoyed the campus. Well, that's their loss. They didn't, didn't want to have me up there. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you want to add about the, the, the role, the, the process he's been on? Yeah, it's, I, I, I think, you know, people just don't get a school set in your mind. If, if, if your kid wants to play in college, that's great. Encourage them. Um, you know, give them the tools because, I mean, we, I'm not going to say, we did the private lessons. Dylan's played for a top club. You know, we've spent thousands of dollars taking him. We went to Las Vegas for a soccer tournament. That was for the parents, I think. Um, but, you know, don't focus on the school. Just focus on, like, wanting to play soccer somewhere and, and making sure it checks most of the boxes. But, like, to get in your mind, like, as an athlete, to get your heart set on a school, I think you'll, you might walk away disappointed because you just don't know where that school is going to be when you get there. So just focus on, like, several schools um, that interest you because um, they're going to kind of pick you because it, it depends on who needs what, where, and when. Oh, and another thing, you said that one of my things on my list was Division One, and that's not true because you remember, like, when I was just talking to, like, Division Three schools, it's like I didn't know if I was going to be able to play Division One. Because I feel like that's another thing people get stuck on is like Division. D1 or bust. But I think if you really like it, like the sport, you'd be okay with playing anywhere as long as you're playing at the next level. And like, because sometimes you don't know if you're going to be able to play Division One, and that's how I felt. But like once I started talking to some of the schools, I was like, okay, maybe this is what I want to do. Yeah, maybe don't get blind necessarily. Yeah. Right, because there's NAIA, yeah. there's Division One, there's Division Two, there's Division Three, and that's what all the recruiters that you talk to and coaches they will tell the kids that don't get caught up. The most important thing is going to the next level. And I think what is it, Dylan? Is it five percent or seven? Only uh, high school students. Oh, I don't know. So I think it's like five percent of high school athletes play in college. That's like nothing. It's nothing. You know, and that's between Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, and what else is there? JUCO. And JUCO. Well, we're proud of you. Congratulations, my man. Um, and, and this year, this particular summer is a big, big summer for U.S. soccer, too, right? With yeah. Um, I would be the first to admit that I really don't know the process of qualifying for the World Cup, but it sounds like it's going well for, for the U.S. Yeah, so we've qualified for the World Cup, but it's actually going to be in the winter this year because um, Qatar is so hot that they couldn't do it during the summer. So that means what? That the U.S. will be competing in like like a pod system? How, how, do, they, how do they work? So it's 32 teams and there's eight groups of four. Eight groups of four. Yeah, and then the top two teams go on to like the next round and then it's just knockout from there on. So who's in the U.S.'s bracket? The U.S.'s group? Oh, man. If you know. Yeah. I don't know right now. I saw. I don't think the group is that bad. We play England, Iran, I think, and there's one more team. But honestly, I think we could make it out of the group. We have a chance to make yeah. it out. Yeah. 
that you watch a lot of uh, the Premier League too? Yeah, I do. I try to watch all the Chelsea games. So Chelsea, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think like the, the main ones, like Manchester U, Chelsea, Real, these are the big brands. Yeah, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, Manchester City, those are like the big ones. Those are all on like Saturday mornings? Yeah. You wake up and watch them? Yeah, I do. It's like an yeah. interesting like Euro <laughs> soccer story, anything that I don't follow it. An interesting story? Uh, well, I guess there's this one guy on Chelsea right now, Christian Pulisic. He's um, American and he actually grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And he was like pretty small growing up. He didn't play on like any of the big name teams. But he's able to like make the jump from American soccer to Europe just by being very skillful because he's kind of an undersized guy. But being undersized doesn't really matter as much in soccer because like Lionel Messi is the best soccer player in the world maybe ever. And he's pretty small too. Is it pretty unique for an American to play on one of those teams? Yeah, it is. Like, and he's doing pretty well. Like, he just scored a game winner against the team to like help them qualify for the Champions League. Who's your favorite soccer player right now? My favorite soccer player. I mean, I don't really know right now. Like, yeah. how, about, how about who's your favorite soccer player of all time? Of all time is this one player, Eden Hazard. He played at Chelsea, and he's like what really got me into soccer and got me into Chelsea. Now, that's a true answer because he didn't say Messi or one of the other guys. That, that was his first jersey, was Hazard. Yeah. I think he was 10. I got him his first jersey. It was Hazard. Now, do you wake up and watch some of these games? I do. I watch I watch games. Yeah, and sometimes. I find myself watching games. He's not even at home. I watch a couple games. Um, and I never was interested in soccer until Dylan, but... What do you tell the people that say soccer's boring and there's not enough scoring and these ties and all this stuff? Well, oh, it's people like, say that all the time. It's the same, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's the same thing as any sport because, I mean, like... I'm not the biggest fan of baseball, but I can sit down and watch it. It's like, if you know the sport, then you can like find little intricate things that are happening, like little skillful things. So it's like, if you don't know anything about it, then it probably is gonna be boring to you. I feel like that's always the good about soccer. Right? It's the only team, the only sport that I know of it can end 0-0. Zero, zero. Like after 90 minutes of playing. A yes! But they yes. can be pretty action-packed games still. It's just like the score doesn't reflect it. Now what position do you play? I play left winger. Okay, so what is the left winger's role? They're there to like either score goals or assist goals and like get crosses in. So what's the feeling like when you get a, when you score goals? They're hard to come by. Oh, it's fun. So this team I'm on now, we kind of go crazy whenever we score goals because our coach, he really pumps us up. So whenever we score a goal, you just run over to the corner. You like celebrate with the whole team. And sometimes there'll be like another team from the club there too. And we just all go crazy. So is there like a choreographed celebration that goes on? Yes. That's soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to see. I know we got pictures of it. Ronaldo has a pretty iconic celebration and some of our teammate or some of my teammates will do it after they score a goal and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, that's one thing about soccer is the celebration when they score. I mean, football, they celebrate touchdowns, but uh -uh. that's not yeah. so much more often. Uh -uh. The, the, the soccer goals, that's always the best. Now, you're a basketball fan, too. Yeah. You watch the NBA playoffs since the yeah. right now. I mean, the Hawks, um, this, this, we're going to air this next week sometime first week of May. The Hawks might be out of the playoffs. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was good for them to even make to the playoffs, honestly, because they had to do the two playing games in the first place. That was exciting to win those two games, but uh, I mean, I, I'm disappointed in just in how their season went. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after the run they made last year, for them to be squeaking in and now they're going to get bounced in the first round. I mean, you agree? Yeah. But I mean, it's a very young team, so like, they have plenty of time. You think Trey Young is the answer? Yeah. I think so, too. You, you watch 
Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Drew likes him. My my yeah, other son likes him. He's yeah, my brother is a big basketball fan. Drew's a big basketball fan. Trey Young is ridiculously good. So fun to watch. I feel like the Hawks need one more kind of piece to compliment him with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're 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 too young to to remember the Hawks had bad 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 history. It's, yeah. it's hard to lure somebody to Atlanta, but I think Trey Young has got the juice, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you get another free agent come join him. And super teams are pretty common now, so I wouldn't be surprised. We need a super team. So who, who's, who in your mind is the favorite to win uh, the NBA title this year? I think the Warriors. I thought you were going to go with like the, the Heat or the Sun or somebody. Oh, uh, no. I mean, Devin Booker, he's dealing with that hamstring injury, so I don't know how that's going to affect the Suns because they just lost to the Pelicans yesterday. Oh, so okay. it's 2-2 okay. right now. And I don't... I think the Heat are kind of like a fluke number one. It's like they're good, but I don't know if they'll be able to like make that deep of a run. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, they are they were kind of a stretch number one. The, the Warriors, I mean, they just keep coming, keep coming. Yeah, and they're all healthy this year too, and they have Jordan Poole who's playing like really good. Yeah, even without KD, even KD regrets his decision. Oh yeah, if KD gets swept by the um, Celtics, and people are gonna really be questioning the two rings he won with the Warriors. No, I think that's right. Um, be, you, know, you just had to piggyback it off staff and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Kyrie looks like a right now. Yeah. The Celtics fans might have gotten to him. They were, they were riding hard. Yeah. Man, he doesn't seem to take that very good. No, he doesn't. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I thought the Nets, um, I thought they were going to be loaded and then that kind of didn't work with the Harden thing. Mm-hmm. Is he done? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was just reading something the other day and it's like, can James Harden score at an MVP level anymore? And like, I guess he doesn't really have to anymore because he's with Joel Embiid, so he can just focus on like getting him the ball because he has like an MVP level player he's playing with again. He ain't afraid to shoot though, is he? No. <laughs> no, he isn't. Uh, guys, this is this is very fun. I enjoyed doing this. Um, I think we covered a lot of the bases, right? I think so. The only thing we didn't cover, and I'm, I'm thankful, I thought you were going to try to embarrass me with my very first ever um, out of town. <laughs> I was, telling, I was telling Dylan about that on the way over here. I was like, I think I taught Josh the word hot mess for his first time, remember? <laughs> we were, I don't quite remember. I know that we were up there, and you did not know how to iron, and you had this shirt on, and then did I call you a hot mess, Josh? So as I remember it, it was my first ever business trip. We went to uh, Ohio for training with progressing. And I probably took a white shirt and scrumped, you know, folded it like a t-shirt and put it in my suitcase and I put it on and you're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> you're like, uh-uh. I told you you looked a hot mess. You need to go iron that shirt. And I said, I said, dude, I'm going to iron this shirt. You're like, give me that damn thing. Oh, well. So I went up and I'm like, I'm like, dang, I got to learn how to iron these shirts and figure out a way to pack myself a little different. <laughs> Can't be, I can't be rolling in like that. But I, 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 you are all a 24, 5 years old, Josh. So I, I give you a pass. But yeah, we gave you a hard, I gave you a hard time on that one. <laughs> wow. But I bet you that was the last time you went with a wrinkled shirt. It's the last time with a wrinkled shirt, and, and I'm like Dylan. Like I think I like, I like fashion. I like dressing nice. I'm looking good. I think maybe I can. I'll take credit for his soccer skills. I'll, I'll take, take credit, credit for yeah. your dress. Yes. 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 Awesome. Well, look, here's what I want. I want to make sure I get your schedule when it comes out for the fall. Um, are the soccer games in the fall or spring? Fall. In the fall. Okay. So, 
Um, we're gonna come to a game. They play some good t- good schools too. They put out the schedule. Well, we we don't know the schedule schedule, but they know the teams they're playing, and it's some really good teams. What are some of the schools y'all play doing? Yeah, we're back in the Sun Belt, so we're gonna be playing um, West Virginia, Kentucky, South Carolina, Marshall, who just won the um, NCAA national championship. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's gonna be a good year. Is there off uh, like a, a training when you get like over the summer? You gotta get training, get ready. I think, I mean, they haven't really talked about that a lot, but I think I have to go in a few weeks early in August. The this, day we have the report? No, no. not yet. Right, waiting well, on it. You, you got any plans for the summer, your last summer before college? Yeah, so my team is going to Nationals this year in San Diego, so I'm going to be practicing with them. This and club I, team did really good this year. Yeah. They finished you're, you're, you're going to San Diego? Yeah, we're all going. Drew's going. My sister is going. Yeah, we're going to make a vacation now because he's got to be there for eight days. I've never been. I'm oh, super Yeah, I've never excited. been to California. You're going to love it. The weather's amazing. Food's amazing. Scenery's amazing. It's, a, it's an absolute 10. Well, enjoy that. That'll be a, that'll be a good, uh, good kind of final hurrah. All right, so do you have any sort of social media handles, Instagram, that people can follow so they can see you kicking butt in college? Yeah, so my Instagram is DylanMWilliams11. That's the best place to watch. That's the ugh, tongue tie. Best place to follow to see how you're doing? Yeah, keep up. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> your Facebook page is awesome. Oh, yeah, I'm all over Facebook. I'm too old to work in your I don't want people stuff. to follow me. Like, yeah, what's Instagram? What's Twitter? I don't know. Well, I got Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, guys, thanks so much for coming down here today. Uh, y'all didn't argue at all with one another. No. Yeah, the only thing I really could think was when you were like, you only wanted to go D1. <laughs> and we both know that wasn't true. <laughs> So you'd have went, you would have went anywhere that you play college I, ball? I really liked Emory. I was just looking at Emory for a while, too. Oh, yes. Uh, I thought y'all got along very well. No one talked over each other. Oh. No one was correcting each other. So very good relationship. Yeah. Well, they're cool once they get this age. You know, it's the thir- 12, 13, 11, 14, 15. <laughs> yeah, those years right there, those are tough. But when... He's cool now. He's like a friend now. So it's I, I'm enjoying this next phase of our relationships. So. All right. Well, next time we'll bring Derek with us too. I, I love yeah. I love some, love some Derek. We saw him at the baseball field a couple weeks ago. And it was, it's always great to see him. And when Drew commits to wherever he decides to play baseball <laughs> in three years, no, five years. Yeah. How many yeah. Years? Five. Five. We'll we'll come back and we'll see where he ended up going to college. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Deirdre, thank you. Dylan, thank you. This is so much fun. And uh, everybody out there, thank y'all for listening. Hope y'all enjoyed this as much as I did. And until next time, keep chopping.